Welcome to the Aspiring New Leader, a weekly podcast that provides creative, innovative, and practical strategies for the new leader, bringing you all that is cutting edge and helping you to think in new and exciting ways. And now your host, Dan Perryman. Welcome to the Aspiring New Leader podcast. I'm your host, Dan Perryman, and you have joined us for episode seven. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental toughness. Joining us today, as always... Jacob, welcome. Happy to be here. And Kyle, welcome. Thank you, Dan. So we have a special guest today, uh, Caleb Jump. Caleb is a financial representative with Northwestern Mutual. He is a Decaturite, an alumni of Niantic Harristown High School. He attended Richland Community College and graduated from Millican University. Welcome, Caleb. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. So Caleb, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, Dan, I'm from Decatur, born and raised. I live here in town with my wife, Heather, and our three daughters, Kaylee, Aniston, and Mia. And I have a financial planning practice downtown called Northwestern Mutual, uh, where I work with my two partners, Todd Parker and Cole Namkin, to provide full-fledged financial planning for our clients here in Decatur. Oh, okay. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about mental toughness, and you're going to be taking the lead, walking us through how you approach your day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't claim to be an expert on these, but we have a great system at Northwestern Mutual of coaching. And so I'll kind of just be walking you through some of the concepts that our coaches work with us on. Okay, cool. The four topics that we can cover today would be positive self-talk, the power of vision, the prize fighter day concept, and the 12 week year concept. We use all four of these concepts at Northwestern Mutual. And we'll kind of jump in with positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is the basis for mental toughness because life's tough, work is tough, and a lot of times we're our own worst critics. So Caleb, I really like that you brought up um, positive self-talk and personal affirmations. It does kind of reiterate what we've talked about in other podcasts in the past. And there's a book that I really love. It also kind of correlates with psychocybernetics that Dan and Jacob have talked about, but it's more of a faith-based book. Um, it's called Power Thoughts by Joyce Myers, and it's the 12 strategies to win the battle of the mind. Um, and in this book, kind of the main point behind it is her famous quote running through the book is where the mind goes, the man follows. So the book walks you through training your mind to overcome negative thoughts and to then positively affect every area of your life, whether you apply it to your career or you apply it to getting out of debt or you apply it to exercise goals. It walks you through the steps of working every day to retrain your mind, to think positively, have a positive reaction to even a negative situation. And then it gives you positive affirmations to say to yourself every day. So you're making a conscious effort first thing in the morning and you're going to stick with it. Yeah. You know, I never really believed in this stuff, but I, I work with a nutrition and a fitness coach. And now that I'm working with this acting coach and now that I've, I've been reading these books, every successful person does this. They all do positive visioning. They all wake up and uh, set their day with a positive mindset I actually have not even come across anybody that's successful that doesn't do this now. 
And I get a lot of questions um, from leaders in the organization about Dan and I and how we handle stress. And I think a lot of it has to do with Dan and I's positive attitude towards the day and um, just take everything in stride, not let it get you down. Absolutely. I think that one of the easy ways to kind of start in this mindset of positive thinking is a concept we use at Northwestern Mutual and some of our uh, peer review meetings. And the concept is big and It's an acronym for begin in gratitude. And so if you think about it, you can begin your day in gratitude. You can begin a meeting in gratitude. And it really just sets a tone for focusing on positive and blocking out negative. And so we've got a lot of reps that we've really tried to begin every day in gratitude. I do that myself and just try to think about, hey, what am I thankful for before letting all those stresses in and start focusing on the negatives, the stressful things about the day. Think about everything you have to be thankful for. It's an awesome way to retrain your mind to focus on positive. Yeah. And coming from a a faith-based organization, we start every meeting with prayer and giving gratitude as well. And, you know, I've taken several theology classes in the past and that's how you should always start prayer as well is, is start with gratitude and what you're thankful for. I think it really does create a positive mindset. Absolutely. And if you look at meeting new customers, new clients, new physicians, if the very first thing you say is, thank you for being here today, I mean, it really kind of eases tension and sets the tone for, hey, this is going to be a great meeting. Yeah, I worked with an executive coach a couple years ago, and I think I'm more of the reality type of guy more than like the personal affirmations. But he would always say, every morning, look in the mirror, kind of <laughs> kind of like the Jack Handy thing. It's really hard to do to look in the mirror and say these positive things, but he, he wanted me to do it every day. And I think it does rewire your brain so that you think of successful things as opposed to negative thoughts. Because don't you guys think that it's really easy for negative thoughts to come into your mind? It's very easy for negative thoughts to come into your mind. I mean, whether, whether it's negative thoughts on how successful you are in your career or um, your your family life, or it's the people around you. I mean, there are a lot of negative people around you that will also bring you down during the day. So starting your day in gratitude and having those positive thoughts also sets up a barrier towards the the negative that's around you in your life. I think it's important to add too that when I was researching this topic as well and looking up all different books on personal affirmations and mental toughness and the things we were going to be discussing today is that this is really something that you need to do daily. It's not something you can pick up once um, or do it for a week and then feel like it's going to stick. It's really something that you have to practice every single day. So they recommend doing this in the morning, journaling possibly during the day, and then also just having quiet time at night where you reflect on your day, you calm your mind down, say what you're thankful for, um, even if it's just yourself, um, sitting by yourself in bed right before you go to sleep, it kind of calms your mind and centers yourself, but it's something you have to make a daily practice throughout your life. So we've talked about the book Psycho-Cybernetics in the past, and that's a book about positive self-talk, power vision. Kyle, what was the book by Joyce Myers? Her book is called Power Thoughts, The 12 Strategies to Win the Battle of the Mind. And Caleb, you have another resource? Yeah, a few books I've read over the years, uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, and What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Hempstetter. All right, so next, the power of vision. So this kind of just leads from one topic right to another. I mean, if we get good at talking to ourselves in a positive way, 
focusing on positive things rather than negative things. And the next step is to kind of start training our brain to subconsciously take us where we want to go in life, in business, with our family, in everything really. And so how we kind of work on that uh, in, in our culture at Northwestern Mutual is when we start out, they have us do something pretty cool where they have us write a six month letter. And what you're doing is trying to envision what your life will look like, what your business will look like in six months. And unfortunately, when I came in, they actually skipped this process with our training class. And so I didn't get to do it. But in some of the peer uh, review meetings I'm in, I've got to hear other reps six months letter, six month letters, and they write them to their spouses. And it's kind of cool. And so uh, they just kind of envision what what their business and life will look like. And it's really interesting to hear them read those back six, seven, eight months down the road, how closely their, their business and their life has followed what they envisioned and what they were striving for uh, during the previous period. And Caleb, I think the difference between what we do and what you do is we work for a corporation. So our success is really their success. It's, it's mutual, but it's a little bit different because it's in a corporation. You're more of an entrepreneur. So your success is really your success as well as the company's, right? Yeah, absolutely. We own our own business and we're contracted by the corporation. So yeah, our success is their success as well, but it's all on us to set our own goals and take our business where we want it to go. Yeah, so that's a lot different than what we do, I think. We're all trying to make our corporation successful, but yours is a little more personal than ours is. Yeah, I would say so, but I think it also relates to even inside a corporation, those standout employees, those leaders of any corporation, they're doing these things on their own. They're taking their goals that they've been given and they're mapping out a plan and a vision to how they're going to not just achieve those goals, but to pass those goals up and do better and set themselves apart from their peers. Yeah, so I came across this article and it's uh, Richard Branson explains why most entrepreneurs lack the right mindset. And he says that successful entrepreneurs take risks, are willing to fail, and live with their consequences. Those who are unable to face these challenges are likely not meant to be entrepreneurs. He said even the most talented people have fixed mindsets and are unwilling or unable to make the necessary changes to improve. Do you feel that you have to make a lot of changes in your thinking as you try to grow your business? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every single day we're getting coaching, we're getting asked what victories we had, what wins we had, what we're most excited about. And that's our coaches always trying to get us to focus on the wins and not the losses uh, because every day is going to have wins and losses, but you've got to learn from the losses and focus on the wins. Yeah, And I've recently visited your office and I think your office is set up for success as well. You want to explain the rhinoceroses in your supervisor's office? Yeah, so we've kind of picked up a theme and it comes from a book called Rhinoceros Success, where this book breaks down everyone in life into three categories. There's rhinoceroses, there are cows, and there's jackasses. <laughs> and so Jacob. <laughs> I think we Jacob's all know familiar. <laughs> I think we all know we don't want to be a jackass. Um, but there's cows who just kind of stand on the sideline and they play everything safe. They don't have to worry too much about 
where their next meal's coming from, what their next victory looks like. They're content being right where they're at. And then there's rhinos. And so rhinos um, charge forward. They've got thick skin. Uh, you can shoot a rhino. It's going to keep charging. They put their head down and they charge. And so, yeah, there's a theme of rhinos in our office just to remind us all to, you know, take the wins, take the losses, but pick a target and keep charging at it. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the visual reminders is pretty cool. Having, having that in the office. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it just goes with our, you know, again, positive visioning. And so to move on from the six month letter, a couple other things we do, we, we even write a five-year vision statement. And this takes a lot of work. It's not something you do in one sitting, but it's a matter of just kind of stretching that out and telling yourself, telling your subconscious, here's where I want to be in five years and really getting into a lot of detail around here's what my future is going to look like. And if you ever thought about it, if you ever went out to buy a car and you said, hey, I want a car that no one else is driving and you buy, I don't know, pick any car, a, you know, a Jeep Cherokee. Yugo? There you go. <laughs> you say, I'm going to buy a Yugo because no one else is driving those. <laughs> well, guaranteed, after you buy that, you're going to see them everywhere you go. And, and it's, it's vision, right? It's whatever you're looking for, um, whatever is relevant to you, you're going to see more and more of it subconsciously. You know, I, I like the five concepts of the five-year vision statement because um, we all have a different vision of success and we all have different goals. And I started thinking about my five-year vision statement and things we've talked about in this podcast. And I rolled that five-year vision statement into um, when we discussed our strategic planning. So you can take that vision statement and then run it through the strategic plan steps that we talked about, which were situation analysis, SWOT analysis, develop your goals and objectives, develop strategies and tactics, and then on to execution. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of these concepts, if you've ever been through a strategic planning process with a corporation, they're very similar. And so it's taking those things and thinking about, hey, if big Fortune 500 companies and million dollar corporations use strategic planning and use these concepts, how can I use those in my own personal business or my own life to improve on on where I'm headed? Yeah, I think you make a good point that this isn't just for work. You actually should apply all these principles to your life. So to kind of wrap up the power of vision, I found a cool metaphor where they compare uh, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind to an ocean liner crossing the sea. Uh, the captain of the ship barking commands the crew and the crew, however, is located in the hold of the ship below the waterline, unable to see where the ship's going. So the captain in this metaphor is the conscious area of the mind and the crew is like the subconscious. So when the captain commands the crew to go full speed ahead, 15 degrees to the north, the crew simply responds, aye, aye, sir, and they carry out their orders precisely. The crew doesn't care if it runs the ship into the rocks, collides with another vessel, or gets the ship safely to its destination. It's totally non-judgmental and just does what the boss says. So the relationship between the conscious mind and the subconscious area of the mind is that they're not two separate minds. They're rather two spheres of the same mind. So what we say to ourselves or how we describe ourselves or how we vision our future through the conscious level, uh, if we're repeatedly saying, I can't do this, my marriage is falling apart, I never seem to have enough money, then these become instructions to our subconscious mind whose duty is to work tirelessly to ensure these instructions are brought into reality. So it doesn't question whether they're good or bad instructions. It just simply carries out what we've instructed it to do. 
Yeah, and that goes right along with psycho-cybernetics where it says that your subconscious mind is going to be going after a goal, whether you have a positive goal or a negative goal. So it's really up to us to create that positive mindset so that our subconscious goes after the right goal. I think the first thing that you have to realize and be aware of is that you're having conversations in your mind with yourself every day, every minute, every second, whether you're aware of that conversation or not. So starting with the positive self-talk, moving on to the power of vision and keeping those going in a habit forming method, as Kyle talked about daily, will set yourself up to program your mind into being positive getting yourself more successful and reaching towards, towards those goals that you outlined. Right. I think the more that you do this, the more you practice it, that is where your mental toughness then comes from, like we've been talking about, because the more you do positive self-affirmation and visioning, you become more resilient emotionally. So you're not letting the emotions and the negative thoughts derail your vision and ultimately derail your success. Um, I really love Caleb's offices. I don't know. What is it? Your power animal, <laughs> the rhino the power animal. Yeah. That's yes. It. OK. I love that because basically what you're saying is we're choosing this because in your story, the rhino is fearless, right? They're the fearless one. And we all know the quote, no risk, no reward. And I think in reading more of these books, as I've been doing so much self negativity is based in fear. And there was a great quote. It's simple and easy to remember. And it's just fear prevents progress. It was so resounding with me. And I felt like it was so true in every aspect of your life. If you let fear control you, it will ultimately result in negativity and it will prevent progress, whether it's in your career or in your life. The book that I spoke about power thoughts earlier. I love that book as well, because she also brings in me being a nurse, I like that she brings in physicians and kind of looks clinically at what stress and fear does to you. She says living in fear triggers more than 1400 physical and chemical responses, and it activates more than 30 different hormones and neurotransmitters, which translates to me that, you know, fear is the root of all stress. So if we can really take control of that within ourselves, every aspect of our mind and in our life will be easier. Great point. And that's a, that's a great segue into the prize fighter day concept, Caleb. Yeah. Our next concept that we follow is kind of a derivative of some coaching that we got from Jason Selk. And you can look up Jason Selk. He's written a ton of books. He's a professional performance coach. He was hired by the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2006 before their uh, championship runs. And he's written a few books, um, executive toughness, Organized Tomorrow Today, and 10-Minute Toughness. This concept of a prize fighter day that we use at Northwestern Mutual is kind of based on some of Jason Selk's coaching that he's done for different reps in our organization. And so the idea is that you have to focus on the process and the controllables rather than the results. And so everyone's world is complex. It moves fast. We have pressures from work. We face obstacles with friends, family, and just the natural ebb and flow of life. But through this process, we like to target each and every day and look for the victories by focusing on daily activities rather than trying to hold tightly to the results that we can't even control. When we feel stressed and anxious, the idea behind this is that that's usually a culmination of intense focus on results, right? Like when you guys are hiring a doc, uh, you, you feel stressed about 
the the interview process. It's it's just a fear of the results and you don't have any control over those results. So what this trains us to do is focus on the process. So my coach developed a process. Uh, it's called the Prize Fighter Day, and it gives us reps the opportunity to make every single day a win. The most successful individuals find great success when they focus on having a passion for the process and the controllables rather than the results. So the key is uh, identify three things that are activity driven rather than results driven for you and your life that if you accomplished each day would make every day a win, regardless of the losses that go along with the day. So reps in our agency typically choose one that's personal, one that's business related, and one that's all about helping someone else. So a personal activity example might be uh, waking up every morning, uh, getting in your morning workout because that makes it feel good, makes you feel confident, and just sets up your day to be a success all around. Or another personal example might be beginning in gratitude, which we already covered. A business-related example, so for someone in a sales career, might be setting a specific commitment on the number of phone calls that you make every day to prospects. Yeah, so let's talk more about that. We talked about sure. that last week. So you don't base it on the outcome. You base it on how many calls you're going to make a day. And that's, that's your measure of success, something that you can control. Right, absolutely. I mean, everything can be boiled down to percentages in anything that's sales. And they're always going to be very similar. And so what we focus on in this example would be phone calls made. So we can't control how many people pick up the phone. We can't control uh, 100% the people that do pick up the phone if they want to meet with us or not. All we can focus on is making the dials. And so in this type of example, say we make 30 phone calls for the day, no matter how many people pick up the phone instead of meeting with us, it's a win if we did our 30 phone calls for that day. And you, sh you shared that you already know based on your averages what your win rate is going to be at the end of so many phone calls. So if you have a bad day where nobody reacts positively, you know by the end of the month you're going to hit a certain percentage, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And so in any sales job, the idea is to track results uh, because they do help you come up with what your process goal should be, right? So if you know that on any given 100 phone calls, you're going to set 20 appointments, and this is just an example, then you know that every day that week, you need to maybe make 20 phone calls to get your 100 total in. And somewhere along the line, you're going to set 20 meetings. So if you know how your statistics work out and what your historical averages look like, then even on a day when you call 20 people and make no appointments, you know that the next day you're probably due to make more than average. It's going to make up the averages are going to work out in your favor or as history would, would predict them to. If you don't know, I'm a, I used to be a student of poker. And so this actually, this concept applies directly to poker. So the professional poker players, if you've ever seen them on TV, They'll take these nasty beats where there's only one card that can beat them and it comes out and they get knocked out of this really expensive tournament. The way poker players approach this is there's percentages of every scenario out there. So they know that if there's only one card left in the deck that can beat them, it's a two and a half percent chance or five percent chance. If it comes up, they know that it's going to come up five times out of a hundred. When it comes up, they look at the percentages, but they know in the long run that if they play the correct way, that they're going to win 
it's more about the process. So this is exactly what I thought about when we talked about this is you just know that if you make a hundred calls and you do them correctly, that at the end of the month or at the end of the six months, you're going to have so many positive reactions. And it's the same way in poker. You just have to make the best decisions you can. Right. And you just have to put in the work. And that's kind of why it comes back to mental toughness, right? So if you know what your stats are, you know what your process goals need to be. The only way to not be successful is to quit. And that sounds really simple and really uh, intuitive, but it's not. Because if you go through a day where you make 20 phone calls and get no appointments set and a second day that's similar, then it's easy to quit. Or if you take that bad beat in a poker game, it's easy to not want to play again. But you just have to keep doing what you've committed to doing because that ultimately is what makes the odds and the averages work in your favor. Right, exactly. I I came across this article, 15 Habits of Mentally Tough People. Here's the 15. I'm going to go through them real quick. But it says they're emotionally intelligent. So they say this is the cornerstone of mental toughness. You cannot be mentally tough without the ability to fully understand and tolerate the negative emotions. Exactly what you just said. Number two, they're confident. Number three, they neutralize toxic people. So if they can't neutralize them, they just avoid them. So if somebody's negative, quit hanging out with them. It would be my advice. They embrace change. They say no. We talked about that in a previous podcast. They know that fear is the number one source of regret. So if if you're too scared to take some action, then you're going to regret it in the long run. They embrace failure. They don't dwell on mistakes. They won't let anybody limit their joy. So once again, they surround themselves with positive people. They don't limit the joy of others. They exercise. They get enough sleep. We've talked about that. They limit their caffeine intake. It says you get all hopped up on caffeine. But as somebody who drinks like 100 cups of coffee a day, I'm not sure I agree with. And that's weird. That's 13. Unlucky 13. But uh, (laughs) in number 14, they don't wait for an apology. So if something goes bad, they proactively fix the situation and they're relentlessly positive. So out of the 15, it's really their whole mindset is positive. It seems to me that that's pretty much the takeaway there. So the last concept that we're going to cover today is the 12-week year. And you guys could do an entire podcast just on this concept. But it comes from a book by Brian P. Moran and Michael Lennington called The 12-Week Year. So when we start talking about mental toughness and some of the concepts we've already covered, focusing on wins, not losses focusing on process goals, we're really retraining our brains, right? We've said that more than once today. Well, that can be exhausting. And so the 12-week year concept is to also set some very short-term goals that you're going to attack with laser focus. This would contrast with one of the corporate mindsets of annual reviews and setting goals on an annual basis. And I think most of us have had experience with that in the past where we set a goal at the end of the fiscal year, whenever that falls, and the goal is to be completed over the next 12 months. And inevitably, three weeks later, we've forgotten about that goal. And we really don't think about it again until about one month before our annual review, and then it's hustle time, right? And so by breaking down your year and your goal setting into 12-week years, it allows you to set a goal that's not a year away rather three months away and attack that goal with laser focus. And you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish in 12 weeks if you don't have nine months to procrastinate before you start that 12 weeks. 
Yeah, I love this concept. Um, I've been reading the book now too. I find it so interesting and very relatable to goals that I have set this year myself in my career and found it so interesting that really the successes that I've seen personally have fallen within that time frame. And when you have one or two or even three, maybe if you're on a team, set specific goals um, in a three month period, just like you said, you have laser focus on that. I think you don't lose the energy and the momentum behind reaching that goal. Um, everybody stays on the same page. And I think at your team in a whole uh, is much more productive because everybody has to be accountable. You know, nobody wants to fail in their portion. So having that accountability and keeping the passion going for just three months to obtain that goal. Um, and then when that goal has been accomplished, you then start another set of three goals for your next 12 weeks. And so I think it just keeps a nice flow for your team or just for yourself and can be applied not only to your career, but personal goals you have in your life, whether it is to lose weight or try to tackle some of your debt. If you look at something in just three months, I mean, really, you can do anything for 12 weeks. Yeah, and this applies to what we were talking about in a previous podcast about the weekly review. When you only have 12 weeks, you pretty much have to be reviewing your day, reviewing your weeks to make sure you hit your you hit your goals. In the hospital, we have we have daily goals, but our goals are really based around annual, and we have even longer five year goals. And we do fall into the the trap of well, it's eleven months away. So you don't really have to focus on that goal yet. You kind of wait. So this 12-week concept is really good, I think. I think it also helps with kind of taking daily distractions that derail us. Often, you know, you'll have emails come through. You'll have a phone call come through. You'll have somebody stop you in the hallway. And then you kind of get derailed for an hour or two hours on, on something else that's come up. And this helps you to really focus on what the priority is and put that on the side, um, put it on the list for the next 12 weeks, if it's not something emergent, obviously, but really just stay focused on on what the task at hand is in this 12 weeks. And I mean, I would argue to say that probably your year as a whole is so much more productive and you've completed so many more successes if you compared it to what you actually com completed the three years before that. I would be interested to see studies on companies who have tried this and looked at, you know, their past two or three years and then used this in one year, maybe, and see if the exact same amount was accomplished. So, Caleb, what would you suggest for reading on this one? Literally, you can just go to the book, The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington, and it'll break this concept down and you'll have a great understanding of how to apply it to your personal life. So how we kind of start from this last concept and boil it down to how we started was we we meet with our coaches on a quarterly basis. It's called our board of review meeting. And so it's equivalent to an annual review in the corporate world, but it's a quarterly board of review meeting. We establish uh, what things we could improve on as we look back at our last 12 weeks and we set our goals for the next 12 weeks. Based on those goals, we come up with three things we could do every day to move us towards those goals. And that becomes our prize fighter day for that quarter. 
And once you have your price fighter day, you can focus on the process and the controllables day in and day out. And you can envision yourself doing what it takes to have a prize fighter day every single day. And you know exactly what you should be envisioning when you wake up in the morning and you can start the positive self-talk right as you step out of bed for that day. That's a great summary. Any other comments as we close this segment? Yeah, I just want to bring up um, some five tips on mental toughness for an entrepreneur that I read. First one being find your happy place. So when you're struggling during the day, things aren't going your way. Where is that place in your mind that you can go um, that'll help you realign your thought processes and help alleviate some stress? Also, number two, shrink your problem. Looking back on my career, 10 years in healthcare, I look at some of the things that I dealt with at the time that caused great stress. And I think now that probably wasn't that big of a deal. So take the time to slow down and realize that that small problem is just a little challenge. Number three, ask yourself, what would the pro do? And what the article relates to is if you're fired as a CEO, they bring in that pro CEO, they're able to take themselves out of the situation and make decisions based on what's really best for the company, but not um, based on their feelings. Number four, meditate. That goes back to finding a happy place, slow your brain down. Um, it helps stimulate your brain and uh, removes any, any toxins that may be floating around in your mind. And then the last thing, these are just problems and problems have solutions. So if you do all the things above, uh, slow yourself down, find your happy place, realize that the problem's not that big, uh, you'll come to that solution that you need. I think the last thing I would throw in here is that it's really easy to hear some of these concepts and think, man, find your happy place. Oh, begin in gratitude. Those seem so simple and they're not. And so we've said it time and time again today, this is a process of retraining your brain. And so I think if I had one more thing to throw in, it would be to find an accountability partner or find someone who's like-minded and be around them as much as you can, because most people don't think this way. Most people don't focus on the positive. And it's really tough to do that if you don't have anyone else or a buddy system or someone holding you accountable to retraining your brain. It's, a, it's almost a counterintuitive process that takes effort and mindful focus and someone holding you accountable to that. Yeah, those are really good points. What's the old saying? It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Absolutely. All right. This has been a really good discussion. Uh, so Caleb, you're really our first uh, kind of interview. So we were coming up with a new segment and it's called Two Minutes to Get to Know Caleb. Dun, so, dun, dun. so you have not you have not seen these <laughs> these questions. Uh, okay. So I'm going to just blast these questions out and you uh, they're just random topics and you just answer honestly. Okay. Because we may confirm this with your wife to see if you're actually answering these. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? I would say I prefer crunchy, but I live in a house with uh, four women who prefer creamy. So it's creamy at our house. <laughs> Vote goes creamy. <laughs> All right. Have you ever been chased by a dog? No, I have not. Okay. Have you ever been chased by a hobo? <laughs> yes, I have. Have you really? <laughs> I have too. Yeah, it wasn't a uh, fleet-footed chase, but they definitely, if you're downtown enough, they seem to find a way to uh, 
to follow you for a, for a few blocks. See, All right. see, Dan thought that was going to be his golden question that he was the only one. And, and he completely slam dunked it. He took it. more time to answer the peanut butter question. <laughs> okay, I'd like to remind you that this is the lightning round. Um, okay, when somebody overhears you singing, do they think you sound like ACDC, Michael Jackson, or Sam Smith? No one would ever overhear me singing. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't happen. How many different sports have you played and list them alphabetically? <laughs> wow. Are we talking in a uh, an organized format? However you want to answer the question. Okay. I would just say two, basketball and track. Okay. Very good. Do you like sushi? Yes. Okay. If somebody sees you dancing, do they say you dance like Michael Jackson, Mick Jagger, Justin Timberlake, Elaine from Seinfeld, or Carlton from The Fresh Prince? Probably Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What age did you stop subscribing to the concept that if you drop your food on the floor, you have five seconds to pick it up? We're supposed to unsubscribe to that concept? <laughs> That's where I was at. All right. It depends on what floor, right? Yeah, I, I still preach that concept to my kids. Not with the peanut butter, right? <laughs> yeah, peanut butter stuff to get off the floor. Okay, what's your favorite moment in life? Wow, that's a tough question. But I would have to say it was the uh, birth of my my daughters. So yeah. that's more than one moment, but uh, they're both very special. Awesome. Favorite job ever? The job I'm in right now. Good answer. Worst job ever? Detasseling corn. That is a horrible job. It's so bad that it's actually fun to look back on and remember how miserable we all were. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. Your favorite actor? Will Smith. Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. All right, yeah, two good choices. And in the spirit of Caleb's favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption, that lightning round was the longest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Could you survive... How many days could you survive on Naked and Afraid? Probably two. And what <laughs> what location would you choose? Swamp, desert, Africa, or some hot beach somewhere? Africa. You would choose Africa? Yeah. All right. Rhinoceros. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The most dangerous place on earth <laughs> for, two, for two days. <laughs> Have you ever wet your toothbrush and not brushed your teeth? No. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, we're wrapping this up, but this is, you have to pick one, your favorite one out of the choice of three or four. Okay. All right. Dog, cat, pot-bellied pig. Dog. Burrito, taco, refried beans. Taco. University of Illinois, Illinois State, or neither? Neither. Cracker Barrel, Bob Evans, or Blue Spoon? Blue Spoon. Lifetime Channel, Oprah Channel, or a good romance novel? You must pick one. <laughs> uh, how about Oprah? All right. Also known as the O channel. O channel. <laughs> All right. The last section is uh, you love it, you hate it, or may. You kind of, you don't really mind it, right? Okay. Greasy cheeseburger. Love it. Barney the dinosaur. Hate it. The Muppet Babies. May. The sound of your boss's voice. I don't have a boss. So I guess I'm my own boss. So I love it. <laughs> and. Finally, there's only one answer for this. The show, The Walking Dead. Love it. Awesome. All right, now tell us one more thing about yourself that you'd like everybody to know. And then um, how can people get a hold of you? 
Yeah, I would just like people to know that at Northwestern Mutual, we do full-fledged financial planning, and we can do that with folks just starting their career or folks getting really close to retirement because we know that's where a lot of questions pop up. It's often easy to get up the hill to retirement, but pretty hard to get down the hill. So we like to work with people in that entire spectrum. Uh, We're located right downtown. I always say we're right across the street from the Lincoln Lounge on the second floor. And then my website is calebjump.n as in Nancy, m as in Mary.com. And there's a good summary of some of the services we provide there and contact information for us on that website, which is again, calebjump.nm.com. So Caleb, we've really enjoyed having you on the show today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully you'll have me back sometime. Yeah, absolutely. If you've noticed, uh, last week we actually published two episodes. We typically publish one. Um, we have we have a lot of interviews scheduled for the next couple months, so we may be coming out with two shows a week. We're, we're definitely going to come out with one, but you may see some bonus episodes out there. Again, we're revamping our website, newtoleadership.com, so over the next few weeks, that will be changing how it looks. Then we'll be adding the show notes and transcripts to the website as well, and then you'll start to see some blogs out on the social media sites, Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. So before we close the podcast, we want to make sure everybody knows how to subscribe both on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So Jacob, you want to take them through the steps? Sure. On iTunes, um, you'll open the podcast app on your phone or your iPad. You'll go to the search and type the aspiring new leader. The podcast will come up. You'll see the cover art, which is three light bulbs with a light bulb in the center lit up. Um, you'll see then on the right hand side, a subscribe button. You'll press that subscribe button. You may have to put in your Apple ID, um, and then that'll subscribe you and the podcasts will automatically be downloaded. And how do you leave a review on iTunes? Yeah, you can leave a review by also typing in the search aspiring new leader, going to the review in the center of, of the bar down there, and you're able to then click on write a review. And it takes a few days sometimes for it to post. Yes, they do. So if you don't have an iPhone, how do you subscribe to Stitcher Radio? You can search for the Stitcher Radio app, or you can go to Stitcher Radio on your PC, sign up for Stitcher Radio, then search for the aspiring new leader and subscribe that way. Okay, great. Thank you. So please, uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and, and please leave a review. And we appreciate it. We want to close this show with an audio clip from Sarah. We have hired Sarah to actually transcribe the podcast. She sent a really nice email talking about how much she has learned. So I asked her to send in an audio clip and we're going to close the show with the audio clip. So until next week, take care and keep learning. Hey, Dan, this is Sarah. I just want to say that I really enjoy working for you guys and listening to your podcasts every week. Even though I listen to you guys in slow motion, I when I turn you guys up to regular speed, it sounds like you're talking a million words a minute. It's extremely fast in my brain. <laughs> but it's been really motivating and inspiring because I'm currently transitioning my professional acting career to New York City and moving and doing all these crazy things. And listening to these new leadership tips and discussions every week has motivated me and and made me realize that even though I'm not working for a company, that I personally am my own small business. And it's really inspired me to 
to work on my network and push myself to be the the best leader or top contender in my profession that I can be. And it's been very awesome listening to you guys every week. And I look forward to typing away for you guys and to listening to more episodes. So thanks so much and have a great day, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Aspiring New Leader. Join us again next week for more innovative ideas, inspiring stories, and interviews. Be sure to check out newtoleadership.com for more resources, show notes, and to give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, keep aspiring.